Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, November 11th, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Sugar Shane Caldwell. And it's a big day, Shane, big week. It's Veterans Day. So uh, thank you to all the veterans out there. And it's Masters Week. So that's an exciting time here. We had our PGA podcast. We're all fired up with our lineup members. And of course, it's the beginning of week 10 in the NFL. So we're ready for the uh, Thursday night primetime game here. How are you feeling? I'm feeling, feeling pretty good here. I mean, this is a nice uh, division uh, rivalry game here. Um, these guys are kind of competing for, you know, top position in, in this division here. So it's looking like a really good matchup. They got uh, a lot of good, a lot of talented uh, players in this Thursday night showdown game and some really tough def uh, defense, too, going on here. So it's really uh, it's actually fun, ex exciting, breaking down these matchups and trying to figure out which what's the best matchup, because it's, it's pr some pretty tough defense, too. Yeah, it's fun to dig in on these uh, single game slates where you have to really evaluate everybody on the roster. So we've been doing that all day today. We've watched back the games that both of these teams played last week uh, and really grinding here to help everybody build some lineups. So uh, let's let's start to get into it here. The matchup, of course, is the Indianapolis Colts traveling to play the Tennessee Titans. And in terms of that line, we'll bring that to you courtesy of our presenting sponsor, betus.com.pa. That's the place to go for all your uh, sports wagering and casino action. And on BetUS, this is a pick'em, Shane, with an over/under of 48 and a half. What are your feelings on those numbers? Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes sense. They're really good teams. Uh, Indy is a elite defensive team. Tennessee, decent on defense, really good. You know, good on offense. They they have a lot going, a lot of good stuff going on this year. Um, so I actually, based on me evaluating these teams, I, I, I would probably take in the pick them. I would take Indy here. Uh, obviously, I think it's going to be a close game and Indy is on the road. But I like how in Indianapolis, how the Colts match up against Tennessee's playmakers and their strengths here. And I think that the the Indianapolis offensive line will be able to you know, keep the pressure off Phillip Rivers and also run the ball in Tennessee. And I think Indianapolis can score, and you know their defense is tough to score on. So Tennessee, I think, can score on them, but Indianapolis defense is just really good once they got Darius Leonard back and they're all healthy. So I give a slight edge to the Indy defense because they win the war in the trenches here, and this is going to seem like a game that can be win in, in the trenches, and they're just really tough on defense. Yeah, I agree. I like Indy here in a pick game on the road, you know, Tennessee below average overall on defense. And so that is the, the best matchup is that Indianapolis offense against their defense. Although Tennessee's offense is better than Indianapolis's offense. Like you exactly. said, so, uh, yeah. that's why we have to really kind of go back and forth and, and try to sort it out. Um, so as we do here on these Thursday shows, we'll start with the road team. So let's talk a little bit about this Indianapolis offense and, you know, in, ter in terms of the numbers, Tennessee is 28th against the pass this year and 17th against the run. So uh, do, you, do you think Indianapolis will, will be able to attack Tennessee both through the air and on the ground? Yeah, that's the nice thing is with this great offensive line, they can give Phillip Rivers protection to give him enough time because he's obviously not mobile and at times he looks really bad. But Phillip Rivers, is he, he's the old gunslinger. You know, you give him enough time and he, he can pick you apart at times, you know. Uh, so and I think that this is a perfect scenario for them to be able to really pound the rock 
inside uh, with all their running backs. You know, the difficult thing is figuring out which running backs they're going to they're going to they're going to actually use here. So uh, Indianapolis, you know, their coaching staff, uh, Frank Reich has a love affair with Jordan Wilkins, even though, you know, (laughs) Jordan Wilkins to me looks like a decent backup running back. But he looks like the third best running back on this team. And they just keep insisting on giving him the ball. Um, but I think one of the things we identified is a lot of times the guy that gets the workload on Sunday, if you have close competition with your running backs, a lot of times the other guy gets more workload on Thursday on the short week, uh, right. kind of for load management and strategy sake. So in this case, the other guy would be Jonathan Taylor. Yes. Um, and obviously, you know, we've talked about him all year. He's the best. He's the most talented uh, running back and they just don't give him a full workload. So I think Jonathan Taylor will get a heavier workload in this game. Uh, it's just a matter of being able to produce. He's pro- he's kind of touchdown dependent and he's the most expensive by far uh, on Indianapolis's side anyway. So that's the, the the tricky part is figuring out which running back you're going to take or you're going to fade all Indies running backs because of the fact that it's like a three way committee here. Yeah, I agree. I think Taylor, you know, he he fumbled against Baltimore, but he did get more action after that. So it's not like he went to the doghouse, but he only ended up with eight touches. Jordan Wilkins had 13 and Naheem Hines, who's really mostly used in the passing game, had four. So I I agree that Taylor will get a bounce back in terms of touches um, and, and he'll likely get more touches than Wilkins. But like you said, he's he's much more expensive. So. Um, I, I think there's a chance that certainly if I only play one lineup, I'm not going to use any of those running backs. If I play multiple lineups, I will. In terms of running, I'll look at Taylor. In terms of receiving, I'll, I'll look at Hines. But with the the passing game, I mean, let's let's try to break this down because again, Tennessee is number 28 against the pass. You know, they've been really vulnerable with that uh, department all season. Uh, the problem with Rivers is that he's just not throwing it down the field very much. You know, a lot of, a lot of dink and dunk. And so his receivers, they don't have a lot of upside. I mean, let me give you these, these numbers for their, for their wideouts. T.Y. Hilton, 22 catches this year, zero touchdowns. Michael Pittman, who's been injured, 14 receptions, zero touchdowns. Zach Paschal, 24 catches. He's had two touchdowns. And then DeMichael Harris, who got he's gotten involved here recently, seven receptions, no touchdowns. You know, he's really thrown it more to the backs and the tight ends to actually get get in the end zone. So in a in a showdown, you know, we'd like a little bit of upside if we're going to pair him up with a wide receiver. Is there anyone you feel good about in terms of the Indianapolis wideouts? Yeah, I actually like the Indianapolis passing game. I think you're going to be able to get them at low ownership. Um, in a showdown slate, which is hard to do, but lower in, in, in comparison to you know other players in there. Uh, so I like Phillip Rivers. Uh, I think they can pass and exploit the weakness of the Tennessee uh, pass, pass defense. Uh, Tennessee's pass defense was already pretty bad, and then they just had a lot of injuries. Adoree Jackson, you know, has been out, and he's out for the year now. Christian Fulton, their other starting slot corner, out for the year out on IR. Ty Smith, another corner they had, he was out. So that forced them to go out and make a trade. They got Desmond King from the Chargers, who's a great slot corner. So he's playing mostly slot. He's a great upgrade for him, but he's still new in this defense. And then they still have Malcolm Butler, who's okay, but can still be beat. Um, and then on the other side, I mean, it looks like they're going to be starting maybe Breon Borders, who's like a practice squad guy. So 
So you're really down to a guy that just got traded to the new team, Malcolm Butler, who you can exploit, and then you got a practice squad guy. Um, so I like these outside receivers, which is Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton will probably be playing mostly on the slot. I, I like the talent of Michael Pittman. This guy's big. He's like 6'4", over 220. He's still fast. He's powerful. I, um, I like the run after the catch ability. They gave him a screen pass uh, last week against Baltimore. He looked pretty good. So he didn't, you know, have a ceiling game last week, but he was going against Baltimore. That's a really tough defense. He had seven targets for four catches and 56 yards. Phillip Rivers threw a couple deep passes to him that they missed narrowly. But you can see that there's big playability with Michael Pittman. He's a he's a big guy. Um, and uh, I think that Michael Pittman was so he was a little bit behind the ball in terms of getting rhythm and chemistry with Philip Rivers. And now that he's been back for a couple of weeks and getting full practices in, I look for him to have a breakout game here. Based on the, the eye test that I'm seeing, he's finally learning the offense and Philip Rivers is finally gaining confidence. And I think he's the most talented wide receiver they have. So I like Michael Pittman. And of course, because he hasn't done anything yet, you're going to get him at a cheap price and low ownership, which is good. Uh, to build your lineups here. And then I'll, I'll take, I would also take a flyer on T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's still their most experienced, you know, uh, wide receiver. And I know he's looked really bad this year, but he's had a couple decent games and you don't need him to have a, you know, a big game like he used to have when he was younger. You just need him to have a decent game probably in this matchup. So, and he's pretty cheap because he hasn't done anything, but I think T.Y. Hilton can come back healthy in a good matchup where they're going to be able to exploit this secondary. And I think T.Y. Hilton could have a decent game as well. So I actually like the Indianapolis passing game, and that's not something that I say very often <laughs> here. But I do, I do like these guys here, and they will definitely be setting up the play-action pass here and I think make some big plays. Um, and then you can also take a look at these tight ends, Trey Burton and Mo Ali cox because Jack Doyle's out for this game. So Trey Burton and Mo Ali cox are both in play here. Mo Ali cox they take those – more deep shots down the field, 20, 30 yards. This guy's just a beast. You know, he's huge, physical guy. Trying to tackle him. I feel bad for the secondary trying to tackle Mo Ali Cox in the open field. Um, and then there's Trey Burton, who's the smaller, more slot-wide receiver, more of a receiving tight end. So I guess the only concern is Mo Ali Cox going to be in blocking more. But, you know, he gets deeper, big plays where Trey Burton gets more underneath type stuff and more run after the catch stuff. So both in play as well. So, uh, so yeah, I really like the passing attack here for Indianapolis. So, yeah, good, good breakdown there. I'm with you on all that. Uh, I do also agree that both tight ends are in play. Uh, I like Moali Cox with with the chance of a big play, and then with Burton, you also get that rushing option where he's he scored three touchdowns this year, but only one receiving. He's had two on the ground. So he might vulture a rushing TD from that. Well, that's rushing. because they hate Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah, they don't want him to score a touchdown. <laughs> I, had, I had to throw out my Jonathan Taylor yeah. comment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, th that's a bonus with Burton. Uh, and then one other guy, I want to get back to DeMichael Harris, who, you know, they signed him off the practice squad. And last week he had two carries and two receptions. They got him involved in those end arounds. He's a small, fast guy, gadget player. So – if you're playing multiple lineups, if you're a GPP player, there's a guy you can pay down on uh, and, you know, create a potentially unique lineup. So uh, a guy to keep in mind. All right, Shane, before we get to the Titans, let's take a minute to hear from our partners at betus.com.pa. 
Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sports book is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you to BetUS.com.pa for that wonderful offer. That is available to all listeners here on the podcast. You don't have to be a member at DFS Coach Talk to get that offer. So just use that promo code Coach Talk, all one word, when you make your first deposit at betus.com.pa. All right, Shane, let's start talking about these Tennessee Titans, and they have a real tough matchup. Indianapolis, number three against the pass so far, number three against the run, and number one overall in terms of yardage allowed. So where is Tennessee going to get anything done offensively? I mean, normally you'd go to their workhorse, you know. It's getting into the November, let's go to Derrick Henry, the workhorse. But if you start looking at it, like you said, you know, ten, uh, uh, the, the Indianapolis Colts defensive front is legit. You know, it's like once they got DeForest Bunkner in there, uh, that guy is just uh, he's elite in terms of taking on blockers and just causing all kinds of issues. And then they got Darius Leonard back, as we mentioned. So the last four games – for example, their their rush defense has given up like 2.1 yards per carry. That's not very good. <laughs> so yeah. so they're really you know shutting down running backs. The biggest, the biggest yardage total that any opposing back has gotten all season is only 72 yards, Kareem Hunt. That's yeah. it. That's, That's crazy, the highest. Man. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're tough. Yeah, they, they definitely uh, they set the line of scrimmage there, and they fill in. They're very disciplined, so they're hard to get off on. Now, Derrick Henry is talented enough to, to, you know, to do good against any team. But at this price in a showdown slate, he, he kind of feels like a fade to me. doesn't feel like a guy that I want to pay up for when he's way more expensive than like Phillip Rivers, you know, almost as expensive as Tannehill here. So uh, I would probably rather go to the passing game here. Um, and I, and I really, you know, you can go to Tannehill if you can fit him in Tannehill, I think is looks pretty good. I think, there's not really a weakness for Indianapolis defense, but if there was a weakness in terms of what you can do to move the ball, it's typically through the pass game. Now you have to have good receivers that can get open because their corners, you know, you can beat their corners, but overall they're pretty tough. Um, they don't give up big plays. They're very disciplined. They have a good pass rush and they stop the run. So they, they really make you one dimensional kind of a pass funnel team, but it's tough to pass against them. But anyways, Tannehill's mobile enough to get away from that pass rush and to be able to make some plays. And, of course, if you like Tannehill, you got to like A.J. Brown. Now, A.J. Brown is talented enough where he looks like one of the best receivers, if you just look at him on film, looks like one of the best young, talented receivers in the game in terms of his physicality and his run after the catch ability and just how elusive he is at breaking tackles and making big plays. 
this guy's explosive. Uh, it's hard to believe that him and DK Metcalf were on the same team in college. That just is completely insane to me. Those <laughs> yes. two guys, man, it's crazy. <laughs> so this guy is awesome. So AJ Brown is a guy that's worth paying up for in this slate. He's going up probably mostly against uh, Xavier Rhodes and some against Rocky Asin. And I, I like the matchup there, even though those guys have been tough in coverage, just because I think A.J. Brown is good enough to beat them. And that's the type of player you need to beat this Indianapolis defense. You better have an elite player who's who's very explosive and can beat tough coverage because they're really tough on you. So that's why I like a guy like A.J. Brown. And then if you're going to pay down, you could look at Corey Davis, because even though he had a really bad game last week, he was going up against, you know, tough Chicago secondary, and uh, he had a bad game, dropped some passes, missed some deep balls, but he could he could easily bounce back here, you know, at home. And overall, Corey Davis has done great this year, and he's still very talented, and he's healthy right now, which is kind of rare sometimes for Corey Davis. So you can pay down for him and be a little contrarian and get Corey Davis in there, um, and he could certainly have a big game here. Um, and then you can look at their tight ends here, Jonu Smith, explosive athlete didn't really get a lot of targets last week but he did hit him for a deep you know a deep run after the catch play explosive play and then hit him for that nice little play action uh uh goal line play that they have where he's always wide open for the touchdown because right. you have to worry about the big man henry in there right so it's a great play it works every time and then you ha- also have on top of john smith you also have anthony Ferkser. if you need to get down to that value super low price point this guy looks great in coverage over the middle. You know, he's great at running those quick little seam routes and little slot routes as pretty much a slot tight end. And he looks really good, and you can get him uh, super cheap. And keep in mind, with Adam Humphreys out, Anthony Ferkser can basically play that big slot role and, 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 and get more catches over the middle since you pretty much have your big guys, A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, on the outside. These tight ends, John o. Smith and Ferkser, can do work in the middle of the field, which is good. And again, you you got to try to exploit Indianapolis defense somehow. They're really hard to do it. And getting those catches underneath and getting the ball into these explosive athletes' hands for these tight ends that that could that could actually produce for them. Um, so again, you really have to look for the matchups. It's tough against Indianapolis, but Tennessee is a very talented team. So you have some good plays here. Yeah, I like Tannehill and Brown. Great chemistry. Uh, that's that's the combination that I trust. Uh, and you're right, Davis has been much better than he looked last week. Um, you know, just had that you had that zero on, on three targets. So got to figure he'll do better. I don't think I'll get to their third option, Cameron Batson. Uh, he's cheap, but uh, you know probably won't get many targets. I think it's going to be Brown, Davis, and the tight ends, like you said. And you know with the tight ends, I watched that game, and then when when Janu finally showed up, it was that last scoring drive when he got both of his catches, and I said, "Where's he been all all game?" So I, I went know. back and looked at the snaps. And I was really surprised to see he was on the field for 55 snaps. And Ferkser was only on there for 31 snaps. But it, it, it you know, it was almost like they'd been featuring Ferkser the whole game because he had consistent targets. He had six targets, you know, only had three catches for 19. But, um, yeah. you know, that just really surprised me. So Berkshire's a good route runner, you know, he he, is. I think he's a more developed route runner than John o. Smith, where John o. Smith is just physically imposing. So they give him those screen passes. But Ferkser is a great route runner. That's why you got to like him at this value price is they might be able to get him on some uh, linebackers and exploit the matchup here. Yeah. You know, the thing for Tennessee is they like throwing to tight ends and they like that they have both of those guys who are a little bit different and they give them a lot of versatility. 
and I've I've enjoyed using those guys this year at various times. Um, and so that's why I was kind of really digging in on their snaps and the you know their their routes and all that. But then I did notice that Indianapolis has not given up any passing touchdowns to tight ends this year. They've been number one uh, in terms of fantasy points allowed uh, to the tight end position. So that's going to be an interesting matchup because we know the Titans want to throw to those tight ends. Uh, so I'm going to I'm going to back off those tight ends uh, a little bit compared to how I have in the past, and you know really zero in on on Tannehill and AJ Brown for that passing attack. Are you sure? Because if they run that play action Derrick Henry to John o. Smith play, it's guaranteed touchdown every time. You know what <laughs> yeah, play know. I'm talking about if you if you well, watch this team. <laughs> I mean, Vrabel might bring in some you know 18th backup lineman uh, yeah. and just you know have him report and and catch that touchdown pass too. So that's what happens. The tackle goes out and catches. Right. That. We don't know oh, who it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it very well could happen, but they do have to get down there against that tough uh, Indianapolis defense. So exactly, uh, we, we shall see. So. I uh, want to invite folks who are new to the program to join us as a member. To do that, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. And why would you do that? Well, we give out full lineups here. We're not just a, a podcast in front of the paywall. We have members who take our lineups and they plug and play. On FanDuel, we give out a full cash lineup, a full GPP lineup. Uh, and then depending on what slate it is, uh, like on the main slate, we give out two GPP lineups. So, we invite you to do that. Uh, on DraftKings, we give out our core plays. So uh, pick up whichever membership you want, weekly, monthly, or the winter special, which takes you through the end of the NFL season and saves you on the monthly price. So DFSCoachTalk.com for a membership. We'll get you into our Discord, and we give out those lineups about 45 minutes before kickoff. So plenty of time to join us on Thursday. And then love to interact with you on social media. You can find all of us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Shane is available on Twitter at DET Sports Shane. I'm available at Language Olympic. And our fearless leader, the coach, is available at J O E S A R V A D I. I uh, would love to have you uh, subscribe on YouTube so you get a notification when these podcasts post. We do six NFL podcasts per week. And tomorrow, Shane and I will be back for the Week 10 Main Slate show, where we go game by game to get you ready for Sunday. Shane, any final thoughts here uh, as we wrap up the Thursday show? I mean, this looks like a great division rival for a Thursday night game. Some of these Thursday night matchups are kind of rough, but this is this is looking like a good good game here as a pick 'em. So I'm excited to watch this, and I'm and then looking ahead to the main slate. Week 10 is going to be crazy for fantasy. I think it's going to be one of those high scoring fantasy bonanza. So we're going to love it for week 10 NFL for DFS. So definitely join us the rest of the week uh, as we're we're ready to go on a, a great hot streak here in week 10. Terrific, absolutely. So. I want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, betus.com.pa. Thank you for everything that they do. And wonderful work here, Shane, as always. So on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I will say goodbye. I'm Andrew Hansen. But please join us again tomorrow for the Week 10 Main Slate Show as we look to crush it in DFS.